Hello, this is For Art's Sake, a podcast that gives voice to museum people. Here we discover their untold stories, for art's sake and for your sake. Our guest today is Gemma Wright, Head of Education at Camden Arts Centre. Artists are at the heart of Camden Arts Centre's work, and Gemma works closely with a diverse range of artists to develop and deliver educational programmes for equally diverse audiences. With their focus on the artists as well as their visitors, Camden Arts Centre builds learning programmes that engage learners of all backgrounds, abilities and experiences. We're really excited to talk to Gemma about the role artists play at Camden Arts Centre, the community she works with, and her part in bringing arts to those most in need. Hi, Gemma. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we delve into the professional world, we'd love to hear a little bit more about your personal story, your personal connection to art. Why did you start to work in the arts in the first place? What was the spark that got you involved? It's really interesting, actually. I don't have one of those pivotal moments that I kind of really remember as this kind of starting point, but I always loved art as a child. My granddad was very creative, so I'd draw with him on weekends, and one of the first things I remember is drawing Spitfires, aeroplanes, so he was really into that. And then just really loved being creative, but I don't have like a formative experience of going to a gallery or a museum like something that was kind of really pivotal in that way I suppose I just enjoyed it and then chose the subjects that I chose through school and then into university so I did a foundation art and design and then a fine art degree and then worked for a little while print studio in Leicester and I suppose there that's where I really felt like I honed my love of learning and I think you know, I work in learning because I love learning myself. I love those kind of moments where you're leading a workshop or you're working with people and they have this spark or this feeling, this moment that you just see where they do something that they feel super proud of or achieve something that they just thought wasn't for them. And I think that's the thing that keeps me going. It's the the moments that I do my job for, really. And then, yeah, decided to go back and study and did an MA in printmaking. And alongside that, I worked for an art gallery in Bristol, Spike Island. And there kind of was opened up to the world of gallery education and working in galleries and kind of meeting artists. And I suppose for me, my approach largely comes from being you know, that practical background of studying art as an artist, exhibiting, kind of leading workshops, being the artist who now is, you know, the people that I work with and knowing kind of what's important and to the approach of how we work for them. And then, yeah, came to Camden Art Centre in 2016. So from Bristol, from that job at Spike Island and have been there since. And uh, out of all the galleries and arts institutions, what was it about Camden Arts Centre that grabbed you? Well, the focus on learning. You know, it's an international art gallery that places learning of equal importance as what's happening in the exhibition spaces. You know, as part of the learning team, we sit within a a wider programme team with exhibition curators, public programme, residency curators, and we have conversations about the programmes that we work on. You know, it's very audience-focused, It's also that really 
lovely balance between a small organization. It's a medium-sized organization, so it's not too big. So, you know, there's not as much bureaucracy as some of the larger institutions, but it's not too small. You know, you have a big enough team to do the things that you want to do. And we always say that, you know, we're zone two. We're a bit like a regional organisation, a regional gallery, but in London. And I think for me, I moved to London to, for my job at Camden Art Centre. But I'm, I'm a regional girl at heart, I think. And so there's something about the feel of the place when you walk into it and the people that work there that's super special. So for our listeners who might not be super familiar with Camden Arts Centre, can you tell us a little bit about what it actually is, how it works, what the goal is? I think the term art centre is used in lots of different ways in different contexts. So Yeah, so actually Camden Arts Centre started its life kind of 50-something years ago as Hampstead Library, and then changed to Hampstead Arts Centre, and then into Camden Arts Centre. And the thing that started Camden Arts Centre were the courses. So it's always had that kind of learning through it. We've got a ceramic studio. We have a drawing studio, but I mean, more than drawing happens in there. We've got an artist studio for residencies and projects, and then three gallery spaces for exhibiting artists. We're not massive in scale. Like I said, we're that kind of really lovely size organisation. There's two floors. The um, learning studios are super visible. So you see the um, ceramic studio as soon as you walk in the building, you walk through a bookshop, up the stairs or go up in the lift to the next level where there's the three gallery spaces, the artist studio and the drawing studio all on the same level. So actually it's really natural for a group to come in, go through the gallery spaces and then into the drawing studio or vice versa. We also have a lovely garden and we do use that quite a lot in the learning programme and the public programme with events, particularly in summer. It's really unique to have that space. And the artists that we show are often, you know, it's an education working for Camden Art Centre. You know, often they'll be the first kind of show that the artist will have had in London or in the UK. So we'll work with a mixture of established artists from across the world and they might have a larger scale show in one of the bigger gallery spaces or we'll work with um, more emerging artists on new commissions in the in our gallery three space. So it's a real mixture. Lots of the people that we've worked on have gone on to have like big shows at Tate, you know, won Turner Prizes. It's kind of that 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 moment where kind of artists come and are nurtured and I think yeah like you said at the start in your introduction it's very artist focused in all that we do. And uh, who are your audiences? Who visits Camden Arts Centre? Who do you cater to? Super broad <laughs> <laughs> really so we're called Camden Arts Centre but we're not in Camden. We're in Camden Borough, um, which is where the, the name comes from. But we actually sit on the Finchley Road. And so we're between Hampstead and West Hampstead, which are quite affluential areas. And so we have a really, a real mix of people that come through the centre from people that book onto courses, come to use the cafe, you know, obviously arts sector people that come through to the exhibitions, but largely the role of the learning programme is to bring and find those people that aren't coming and give them an experience that's supported through the spaces. So whether that is through outreach projects in schools, nurseries, family centres, youth centres, bringing people into the building for workshops or going off into their settings and then kind of working with artists 
in both on-site and off-site. Obviously, most recently (laughs) online, developing programmes in that way. For the learning programme, really, our target has always been people in the boroughs of Camden, Brent, Barnet and Harrow. So it's always been very much about locality, whereas now with some of the online spaces that we've created, we do have young people attending our Youth Collective online project from across the world. And two of our core members, one's in Lagos, one's in Azerbaijan, actually. And then we do have London and and other places in the UK. So that's been quite a kind of different um, feel for us. But essentially, you know, that the, the main aim is to kind of reach people who walk past that building every day and think, what is that red brick building on the corner of Arkwright Road? You know, perhaps think that it's not a space that is for them or potentially have never been into a gallery space before. You know, we've all got spaces that we've never, you know, never been into before. I've never been to a football game or, you know, things like that. There's just things that aren't in your history, you know, that they're not in your background. They're not, you know, your parents didn't go to a gallery space. So potentially why would you ever go to a gallery space unless something happened through an experience through school or you know, something you see on social media that I suppose interests you, but a really broad audience in terms of background, but also age group. And that is very specific to the learning programme really as well. And I think one of the things to say is obviously we've been in this time, you know, through the pandemic, Camden Arts Centre still closed. And through this time of working remotely and being outside of the building, it's made us even more interested and passionate and and kind of it feels the urgency to to think about that locality and that positioning and the people who are local to us and how we engage them that's great that's really good to hear that not only have you got this diverse range of audiences but you're still actively reaching out to try and bring in new people and and engage audiences i think that's something that a a lot of places seem to take for granted a little bit so that's really good to hear So most of our speakers work in museums or they work in heritage sites, but obviously Camden Arts Centre is a little bit different. It's a a non-commercial gallery, right? Mm -hmm. Could you explain what that means, what that that little distinction means, and and maybe elaborate on how people view the centre as sort of a a non-commercial space? Yeah, I suppose the main thing to say is we don't have a collection. Mm-hmm. So it's always a challenge working in a gallery team because you are creating projects and programs and resources around something that you haven't seen yet mm. and that needs to be accessible from the first day of the exhibition, but you haven't seen the exhibition in, in making it. And actually, you know, I I haven't actually ever worked in a museum, so I've never worked with a collection. This is just a really natural way of working for me. And it means that there's a real focus on research, kind of talking to the artists and picking things, looking at what they've done previously and kind of really like going deeper into context around the work. So the main difference is there's not a collection. Things are constantly shifting. We have different exhibitions that are generally on but anything between an eight to 12-week basis as as change and then we have a two-week change installation period and everything shifts again and the spaces change quite dramatically. Now commercial galleries are set for sales so non-commercial which is kind of where we sit in the public sector is more about kind of coming and seeing work and and kind of enjoying it for the work itself you know the experience of viewing it how it's curated you know what the artist is kind of wanting to say from that it also means that artists can take more risks 
it's not necessarily about selling something at the end of it. It's about those kind of conversations and discussions and the things that they want to say. But quite often the artists that we do work with are represented by a commercial gallery. So often you'll see, you know, on the website page, you know, like it's supported by X, Y and Z, which might be, you know, a commercial gallery in New York or London or, you know, wherever the artist is from or not really, you know. So that's the difference, really. The lack of collection, the the consistent changing of exhibitions and it not having a focus on artist selling work, you know. It's very much about seeing and experiencing, enjoying, discussing, and all the things that go around those creative experiences of seeing and enjoying artwork. Sounds great. Sounds sounds really interesting. And uh, since you're a non-commercial gallery and you're not selling artists' work, how are you supported financially? Do you have any commercial projects at all? So... We have a development team who are the fundraisers for the organisation. We're an Arts Council national portfolio organisation, which means that we receive regular funding from the Arts Council, which we then reapply for on three to four year cycles. And then we're funded through a variety of different ways. So different trusts and foundations. So individuals or larger scale trusts like Esme Fairburn, Paul Hamlin Foundation, John Lyons Charity is one of our biggest funders for specifically for the learning program and so we'll go to them for specific projects or for core funding towards certain aspects of the program and then there's individuals so patrons people with individual wealth who would like to support the arts who either approach us or we we approach them if we feel something would be of interest and that all sits with the development team but as a head of learning it's a large part of my job so a large part of my role is going to patrons events or doing different talks and evaluation of really thinking about the impact that we're making through those projects and we do that for ourselves but it doesn't hurt when you've got a really kind of good evaluation report or a really kind of structured reflection point to then show funders the impact that you are making with the projects that you're doing on the audiences that you're working with. So, I mean, as you said, learning is this big part of Camden Arts, of its mission, of, of, is at, you know, the heart of its core values. As with many other institutions, what you do is, is focus on making art more inclusive and more accessible. And this is really clearly laid out in your education strategy. Inclusivity and accessibility are terms that are really widely used across the cultural sector at the moment and often carry kind of slightly different meanings. As a professional in the sector, what do those terms mean to you? I mean, for me, it really means that anybody should be able to walk into our spaces and have an experience that feels meaningful to them. And so some examples of that would be on our special educational needs schools programme, we employ an artist who has lived experience of disability, learning disability. Um, We work closely with Action Space, who are a charity who support artists with learning disabilities. And um, we, you know, we pay a support fee to them. We work really closely. And so it means that we enable Evan, when he walks in the door or opens Zoom, which is what they're doing at the moment, has the same level of experience as the other two artists that he works with on the program you know I don't need to phone him you know check like talk to him about times you know check in on certain things that are to do with needs action space do that so 
he can be seen on the same level and have the same experience as the artists who do not have those additional needs. And I suppose when I say do not have additional needs, they actually do have needs themselves, you know. So we think about things like parents, you know, mothers having time off to give birth and not losing your place on a project that you've worked on for six months or something. Um, you know, it's really broad, that those terms. And I know that can be difficult, but actually, for me, my approach is to, at the start of any conversation that we have with artists, is thinking about what that artist needs in order to work with us in the best way possible and make sure all of their needs are catered for. And that's the same for the audiences. And I suppose for me, it's also part of saying, admitting what you don't know. You know, I'm a specialist and we're a specialist in visual arts, in gallery education, but I don't know what a young family from, you know, Kilburn will need. Um, I don't live in Camden. You know, I live just outside of London. And actually, for me, that's where partnership work comes in. So you work with the specialists who know um, more about the people that you want to bring in and the important issues that they face. So a collaborative approach from us as an organisation to any partners we work with and the artists is a real key part of how we approach everything that we do. And so you know, being super flexible with that approach, thinking I've got this amount of money, we'd like to do a project that lasts this amount of time. Where do we start with that? Rather than going with a kind of A, B and C, you know, handout to somebody, it's like, let's sit down and create this project together from these elements that we, from this framework that we have. And it means that anything we do then is meaningful you know it it works the for the organization that we're working with it's not extra work it enhances the offer and so you know for me those terms you know there's so much we could do a whole podcast <laughs> about these things and in no way am I a specialist on all the different kind of levels of these things but for me it's about having have, being open being flexible and putting as much as you can yourself in the position of the person that you want to work with and where there's a disconnect there, making sure that you're working with somebody who's a specialist in that area. Gemma, would love to ask you a little bit more about the artists and your work with artists because Camden Art Centre is a sort of a, a community hub for artists and you work directly with a lot of leaving artists. So can you tell us a little bit, who are those artists? Is there some sort of selection process? So do you mean the artists that we work with in the learning programme or across the whole organisation? Uh, I guess both. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so in terms of the artists that exhibit, yeah, we do work, you know, predominantly with living artists. Not always the case, but predominantly so. And that research is down to the director and the exhibitions curators. So might be people that shows that they've seen, if they've been to like Venice or Documenta or different kind of arts festivals across the the world. It might be through particular research strands. So most recently, we had an exhibition called The Botanical Mind, which was directly a result of our curators, um, ex one of our exhibition curators research practice. And that had a mixture of new commissions from living artists and then more historical works. And actually, over the last couple of years, we've had more of those kind of balanced um, exhibitions with historical works alongside newer living artists. And I think that is a really great learning opportunity. It's always a really great source for us in the learning team to think about how we 
talk about that and how we break down some of those themes. In the learning team, it's very mixed in terms of how we we find people we don't tend to do call outs and that's not because we're against call outs or anything like that it just hasn't been something that we've done in recent years for me I try and look beyond the doorstep so that has always been something that I've talked to the team about in terms of reaching artists and who we work with so not necessarily just looking at what other institution what what artists other institutions are working with but thinking about how we find new voices and new people to bring to the program and that means that we will often work with artists who haven't worked in learning before or with audiences before in this way and that collaboration between us as a learning team as the educators um, working with the artists is what is that connection is really key and For me, when I meet an artist, I'm interested to hear about their practice. And then also it's around their attitude to opening that practice up, to working with audiences and to thinking about how people experience their work. And when that connection is made, you know that they're they're somebody that you want to work with. And so for me, experience of working with artists or working within learning in this way is not a criteria of working with Camden Art Centre and that does mean that we have been able to really open up the artists that that we're working with and bring new people into the organisation and new voices into the organisation. You know on the flip side to that we also do work with artists who are experienced and are used to working with audiences are really passionate about working with learning and have done it over a number of years and so there's a real balance there but the thing at the core is around their practice and their attitude and passion, I suppose. And the the kind of aim of everything that we do is to kind of break down some of those themes that are in the exhibition. And sometimes that can be difficult. You know, we can have very conceptual shows, you know, things that kind of do need breaking down. And I always remember sitting in an exhibition by an artist called Rose English that we had a number of years ago. And the gallery space was completely dark. It was carpeted. It had a series of chairs and kind of lit pieces on the wall. But the main artwork was a score, a sound piece that that she'd um, created with a composer. And we sat in the darkness with a primary school group from a local primary school. And one of the support workers, classroom assistant, said, is this art? And a child, before I could answer, a child said, but an artist, whatever an artist wants to wants it to be, because it's about making the things that they're interested in. And it was for seven years old, this, this young boy that said it. And they'd worked with us, that was January, so they'd worked with us for three months on a project. And we'd been kind of talking about how artists make work, you know, work. And for me, you know, artists make work to understand the world we live in, you know, to understand themselves. Um, And that had really resonated with this child. And that's what their response was. And I think that's the case. It's like thinking about how we break down some of the things that are in those exhibition spaces. And an artist practice is the best way to do that because, you know, it's connected to them. It's something they inherently understand and can talk through. And I suppose I should also say, that for me, meeting an artist is a massive thing. You know, knowing that there are such people in the world that make, make you know, that are artists that make work. And um, I use this example 
whenever I talk about these things. But for me, an artist was a card on the game of life. Now, I don't know if you two will have ever played the game of life. I've played the game of life. (laughs) But it's a game where you go around, it's a board game. You go around, you pick up a salary. So you, you know, you get money every time you go around the board. You might pick up a husband and a wife, maybe some kids, you know, some status symbols like a yacht, you know, whatever. (laughs) But the artist card was a picture of a white man with a, 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 like an a, an easel, um, like a palette and like a sculpt, you know, like a sculptor. That was what it was, and it was actually, I think, sixteen k, which like you know, might not job, yeah. <laughs> might actually. Lots of artists might not actually reach that salary, but mm. that's what it was, and it, it didn't feel like a real thing to me as a child. And actually, I think having somebody say, I'm an artist, this is how I make my work, this is how I make my living, this is why I do it, is actually, you know, really fundamental to the work that we do. Um, so part of your work at the Cambridge Arts Centre also involves artists in residence. Can you, for anyone who's not familiar with what an artist residency is, could you explain a little bit about how that works and, and how that links with the education programme? So, um like a residency is a period of time that an artist can come. I mean, it can be in their own studio, you know, online or in a space, you know, a physical space to really concentrate on either making a new body of work. It can be around research. It can be around reflection. But generally, it's about having a set period of time with an organisation to think about themselves and their work. And so at Camden Art Centre, you know, we have a ceramic fellowship. So we've currently got an artist, Phoebe Collings-James, who's Freelance Lomax Ceramic Fellow. And she's in the studio. Well, she'll be back in the studio when we reopen, but she's in the studio making work over a period of time. And then that will lead to an exhibition in autumn in the gallery spaces. And artists are paid a fee to have that residency. And those residencies are kind of those artists are found for those residencies in a similar way to to the exhibition spaces. So through research, through through approaches, um, you know, perhaps through people we might have worked in the learning programme with who then go on to have a residency. It's very, very different in its makeup. It might be other artists that have kind of made suggestions. It's very broad in terms of how they come to be at Camden. We have also done call-outs previously for, for those um, residencies. So we have the ceramics residency and then we have a sort of more general studio residency, which is up in our artist studio um, on the gallery, the same floor as the galleries. And again, that is a time for the artist to come in and make work. So our last studio residency was an artist called Walter Price and he'll be showing his work in the first show that we reopen with, hopefully in late May. And so he spent time, a shorter period of time, painting and then had an open studio at the end of it. And so often associated to residencies are open studios, which is either work made during, you know, work yeah, work made during the residency, like work in progress generally, but also can be a way to kind of see the insides of a studio as well. So it kind of depends on whether it's seen as a bit of an exhibition, a, a small scale exhibition or an actual like showcase into the studio. And then through the learning programme, those artists will work with our audiences. So a re- you know, perfect timing in that Phoebe Collings-James is actually leading 
a session for our Youth Collective Online community this Saturday. And so Phoebe is going to do a tour of her studio, not at Camden Arts Centre, but her actual kind of studio, and then sit and throw ceramics on the potter's wheel whilst talking about her work. And so, you know, that's a really unique opportunity for our um, Youth Collective Online community to to speak to and hear from an artist who then's going to have an exhibition in autumn, you know, and that's like super exciting. And so similarly, Walter, when he was in residence last year, spoke to the youth collective in the building and took them into his studio and talked to them. We also have historically always had a youth residency um, over summer that is offered for, you know, that that the youth collective community can apply for um, and then is selected and will have one or two people in residence over the summer and again that's six weeks of studio space and time just to make work and I think it's really interesting to think what that time can then lead on to for artists you know does it lead to a show does it lead to another residency somewhere else you know for us some of the ones that we've done in the learning team it's led on to creation of portfolios that have meant that they've decided to do a foundation and they've used their experience to to um, gain a place at university so yeah it's a really kind of great moment for an artist to concentrate on themselves without any pressure of outcome that sounds incredible that sounds like a really really fantastic part of the creative process and part of uh, an artist development that's uh, there are so many things in this interview that you've mentioned that I'm just like that's great I'm really glad this exists <laughs> yeah. yeah I suppose it's the difference in Absolutely. galleries to museums as well you know some of the ways that we yeah. work with artists in this way is just quite fundamental to how galleries work and perhaps not so much to to museums Gemma thank you so much I've always been curious I really wanted to learn how this works and uh, finally there is an explanation so <laughs> thank you for giving this insight I was going to say we're actually um, running a youth collective online session on artist opportunities at the end of April because I think it is something that needs demystifying what is a commission what is a residency how do you apply for funding how do you pay your rent you know some of those like how do you get an exhibition in a gallery so we've invited an artist to come in and talk about their experience of that and break down some of the things these terms for the the collective because yeah it's it can seem quite impenetrable um, and I think it's kind of great to kind of talk it through more. If magically you had unlimited funding, Gemma, what cultural space or what project would you put that to, towards funding? Hmm. I think for me, one of the things that I love about some of the work that we do is that it can be offered to people without them paying for it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, fees and money immediately puts up a barrier and so what I would love is to have an art centre that's kind of like a university model but with no fees so public programme events lectures talks workshops courses studio spaces all available to book and hire and attend for free and have this amazing kind of like centre for making, centre for learning, you know, centre for connection, really thinking about it being a civic space, you know, a space for people to come in, programme their own events, have their voices heard, tell their stories, I suppose. And so there's like so much logistics around anything like that. But I just, 
I'm imagining it up in the clouds in my head, <laughs> you know, like a print studio, a ceramic studio, you know, a, a suite of kind of like um, computers, you know, a space for life drawing um, and just a really active space where people are coming, sketching, making, creating things, showing those things, talking about it, um, you know, bringing their friends, bringing their family, a space, just a creative space just to be in and hang out and enjoy. Um, and so I suppose, yeah, that kind of civic space, it's a destination for people like, oh, I'll meet you at Camden Arts Centre and we can do A, B and C. As you mentioned, what a beautiful answer, but as you mentioned before, there are so many logistical issues and this is exactly what this question is for, is just to open up the imagination, you know, and uh, feel feel free. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if there is one thing you want people to go away from this interview thinking about, what is it? Um, I suppose it's just, if making makes you feel happy, do it. You know, like most of what we do at the end of the day should be fun. It should make you feel happy. It should have that kind of impact on your well-being. And there's no more time than now where that is really needed. So, you know, if you've got a creative project or something creative that you've wanted to do, do it, you know, like just have a go and um, don't put it off and yeah when we can all get back to seeing art come to Camden Art Centre and um, see what we're about <laughs> yeah come and have a cup of tea in the cafe and and have a look around the exhibitions. Gemma you've been absolutely amazing thank you so much. Thank you so much Gemma. Thank you thanks for having me it's been really enjoyable. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of For Art's Sake. If you'd like to learn more about who we are and what we do, find us online at forartsake.co.uk, on Twitter at sake underscore arts, or on Instagram at forartsake.uk.